Hello, and welcome to Dice Breakers, a TTRPG podcast and stream with mostly accurate rules and inconsistent character voices. Uh, I am Joe, your host for today, as Alex is away, shortening every fourth leg on chairs so that they are all unbalanced. Uh, with me are Rowan and Purdy uh, for part two of our 1D&D playtest discussion. How are we doing, guys, after the break? Pretty good. It's pretty good. good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Alex is just a menace. It's time the world knew. A total menace. <laughs> I got to me. I'm just loving these random things that you're coming out with. Yep. <laughs> I think whenever you present stuff and Alex or any of us aren't around, this is how it should be. We should just accuse Alex random... of crimes. Well, no, just all of us. Like whoever's not there. Just be like, this is the reason why they're not here. And it's like, that's not the reason at all. <laughs> sure, sure. I guess I'll never be accused of anything. Alright. <laughs> you make me feel guilty enough for missing them anyway. <laughs> so, for part two of our playtest discussion, we are going to be finishing off... Uh, I say finishing. There's no real way of knowing how, how long or quick this will be. Um, because there is still an amount to cover we're going to be talking about the classes the expert classes presented in the latest playtest of 1D&D uh, if you want to hear about all the other stuff presented uh, go listen to the last one I'm not going to repeat it for you that would take ages but Joe what is an expert class an expert class I'm so glad you asked <laughs> so to kick us off then Classes are now grouped in D&D. So if you want to go to page two of the second playtest, follow along at home if you've got the document in front of you. Um, you will see a little spiel that they put on there. So page two, uh, class group. Essentially, Wizards of the Coast is wanting to... Um, unify some of the classes basically by role almost kind of like in like a rpg um so we have the experts which are the bard ranger and rogue asterisk the artifice accounts but it's not a player's handbook based class so therefore it's not in this book or this playtest but it says polymaths who have the expertise feature and elements of other classes so basically all the expert classes are going to have the expertise feature genius That's jeremy cool. crawford you've done it again uh, he's the lead designer for anyone who doesn't know who Jeremy Crawford is. Um, to be honest, every time you think of that, I think you're saying Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, it could well be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have the experts. We have the mages, which are sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. Priests, which is cleric, druid, and paladin. And warriors, which is barbarian, fighter, and monk. So far, only the experts' classes have been released for any kind of playtest. So... The rest we can only speculate on, um, but we'll probably not talk too much about them at the moment. Uh, there is something that we're going to cover which might lend itself a little bit, which ties back to the feats that we discussed previously, but we'll get to that. So, the thinking behind having them as roles is around um, party composition. So if your adventuring group uh, has four people, the thinking is you can have one of any of these groups and you will have a balanced party. So you might have a bard, a warlock, a druid, and a monk. And in theory, that is a well-rounded party. 
whether or not that holds true with the inclusion of the subclasses and the changes, the changes to the classes that haven't been released yet. Hilariously, Who knows? That's what we have going right now in our in our party. Uh, we have two rogues, a sorcerer, cleric, and uh, uh, oh, oh no, yeah, we cleric. have two priests. We don't have a warrior. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's it. We're doomed. Yep. C three over. <laughs> so um, the way that they've presented it in these is um, they have presented each base class for the bard, ranger, and rogue, as well as one subclass. They have said that there's going to be something like 38 subclasses in the new book when it's out. Um, and we will see, in theory, more subclasses later down the line. This is just what they're presenting us with at the moment. So if you have a, like a favorite bard class, uh, if you love College of Valor, you might see that later down the line, not the one that's in this. So we have the Law Bard, the Hunter Ranger, and the Thief Rogue in this. And boy oh boy, there are some differences. <laughs> so let's start off with the Bard. We've already taken a look at the table on this and some of the differences when it comes to spellcasting. So we're not going to dwell on that too much. Basically just to say all casters are now spellcasters, uh, sorry, are now prepared spellcasters. Um, additionally, which I didn't mention earlier, all spellcasters are now ritual casters. Any spell that has the ritual tag, you can cast as a ritual if you can cast spells. Everyone can do that now. It is not limited to uh, clerics, druids, wizards, and bards. Everyone can do it. So, um... The primary ability score that you're going to want your spellcasting ability score on your bard is still Charisma. Yeah. Uh, no surprises there. It would be strange for it to do, for them to change that, frankly. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the kind of fluff and flavor about that. It's a bit more on the kind of the words of creation that they were talking about with um, the creation bard. No surprises there. So let's get straight to the good bit. Um, Hit dice, still 1d8 per bard level, no surprises there. Uh, therefore, you start with 8 plus your constitution modifier, no surprises. That works. That all works the same as it did beforehand. Your proficiencies are um, saving throw, dexterity and charisma, same as it always was. Skills, you can choose, uh, or rather you would start with deception, performance or persuasion, or any three of your choice. That's slightly different. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, Weapons, simple weapons, that's the same, except you lose proficiency with the rapier. Yeah, what the fuck? You no fuck? longer have that proficiency. That's not cool. Not it's super like... clear why they've removed that, but sure. The difference, yeah. uh, I think, is um, short swords are now a simple weapon rather than a martial weapon. Yeah. But... Uh, and I believe that they are both finesse and light. So it's but the difference still. between a d6 and a d8. But a rapier is just fancy. That bards need to be fancy. Yes. I agree. I think it's a strange one. Uh, and then the armor. It's by the way, it's no longer called armor proficiency. It's armor training, light armor. Sure. Same as it was. Whatever. Uh, starting equipment and then multiclassing is basically all the same. Um, so, let's talk about their kind of iconic feature, bardic inspiration. The way this currently works is you have a 
pool of uh, bardic inspiration equal to your charisma modifier. You can use a bonus action to give it to give inspiration to uh, an ally. They have it for ten minutes, and in that time, they can use it to add to a d20 check. Basically, they can basically add it to anything. And with the Tasha's optional rules, that then included like magical healing or magical damage. You could do shitloads with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you got to fifth level, you then regained those on a short rest. The whole thing. So you were capped out of five, but you got them back on short rest at fifth level. They have changed it relatively significantly although whether it's for better or worse remains to be seen so the first thing is it's no longer a bonus action it is instead a reaction i was about to say i see why you're upset by this (laughs) folks with your action economy so basically the creature that rolls the die adds the number roll to the d20 potentially turning the failure into a success that bit the way that it works once you have given it to someone is the same but it's a reaction when you see them do the thing, or rather, actually, no, that actually, works slightly differently to what I thought. It's when you see it, uh, that creature fail a d20 test. So it's even more restrictive. So before it was, you give it to someone, and then as long, within the next 10 minutes, they can use it on whatever. Now it's, you have to see them fail. So once again, the DM has to let you know that they have failed for you to be able to use this ability. Uh, I'm not gonna dwell for a long time <laughs> on metagaming because there's so there's so much nuance to it when it comes to being able to use your abilities because you should know what abilities you have and can use. But should you know if you've succeeded or failed a check necessarily all the time? You know, there's arguments being made about that. Uh, there is new functionality though. So immediately after another creature within 60 feet of you that you can see or hear takes damage, you can use your reaction to roll a Bardic Inspiration die and restore a number of hit points to the creature equal to the number rolled. Essentially, it it works like a healing word as a reaction. Yeah. Importantly, it is they take the damage and then you heal them. You are not reducing the damage that they take. That means so they can fall down and immediately bring them back up. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So they, so everything that would normally happen still happens. There's no kind of change there. Another change to how this works is um, it's tied to your proficiency bonus and at base level you regain all expended uses when you finish uh, a long rest. So at yeah. first level that works the same in terms of the long rest, but it means that you start with two maximum. Yeah. And it doesn't go up until you get to level five and then longer and longer. So, for example, uh, proficiency bonus goes up at level five, nine, 13, and 17. What this means is whereas if you started with a 16 uh, as your ability score, which would be most cases, in because of recent books, you could start with an 18 if you wanted. Um, 18? No. Never mind. Yeah. Let's say you start with a 16 as your uh, charisma modifier. That means you're starting with three uses of Bardic Inspiration. And then by level eight, if you increase your charisma both times, you max out 
you have your five uses of it, you have a 20 charisma, and by that time also, it's refreshing on a short rest. That to me is fine. I think, I think kind of changing it so you have less uses so early on feels really bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it kind of, I, I think that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of that change. What, what, what do you guys think about? Because this is this is a trend that we've seen already implemented in books. This is something that we know is coming. Is that a lot of things that were modifier number are now proficiency bonus number? Uh, I don't know. It just feels weird and, and like it makes sense in some cases, but not this one. I don't think. And not not for a primary class ability. Yeah, I agree. Like this, this is the thing bards do. Yeah, and there's so uh, much that, uh, with the subclasses. They get a bunch of other stuff they can do with it as well. So it's like they've got all these options that they can do with it, but not much, like not many uses of the thing. Yeah, I, don't know. I think that's, I think that's strange. Um, and at high levels, your bardic inspiration die changes. Uh, it increases at uh, fifth level to a D8, D10 at tenth level. D12 at 15th level. I think that's the same. Mm -hmm. So spellcasting will not dwell on this massively. However, we did, when we talked about it earlier, cover that the restriction on the arcane, divine, and primal spell lists seems to be based on the school of magic for each class. The bard can choose from the arcane spell list, but it must be of the following schools of magic. Divination, enchantment, illusion, or transmutation, who are restricted to those four spell schools. That means no necromancy, no evocation, etc. I think that's really weird. Stop <laughs> limiting your spellcasters. So, I think that's strange. So, to, that is a little bit kind of wishy-washy because we haven't memorized the uh, schools of what we do, uh, sorry, of each spell, uh, especially as they've been changed, and we also haven't memorized the new spell list. However, someone very kindly uh, has, oh my god, I've already closed it. No, I've got to refind it. No. Someone has kindly done that work for us, basically. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, so, this was. Uh, I'm going to credit their, their Reddit name, u slash marimbaguy715. <laughs> Thanks, u slash marimbaguy. Um, so, I'm not going to go through every single spell that they've lost or gained. I will give you some notable examples. So, for example, bards no longer get fairy fire, uh, which I think is a fairly common spell for bards to take. Uh, they no longer get enhance ability or heat metal. Bards no longer get Silence or Zone of Truth. Uh, bards don't get Dimension Door anymore. Uh, bards don't get Eye Bite or Hero's Feast. They don't get Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. Scandal oh. fans out there, sorry. How dare you! Um, notably as well, uh, they don't get uh, Power Word Heal, so they don't get the thing that is a word, which is like kind of their thing. But notably, they do not get resurrection spells anymore as part of their thing. So, so previously, they didn't get Revivify uh, in the first place. 
but they did <coughs> get uh, Raise Dead, which I think uh, is uh, it's a resurrection spell and not a zombie spell. Mm-hmm. They also got Resurrection. They don't get that anymore. Which is kind of weird. I, I see what they're trying to do and I hate it. They're because it's an expert class. They don't want them to be able to do that kind of thing. They only want yes, their which, healers to be able to do it. So there is something later on that we'll cover, which will mean that they could regain those. But it's, it, I think it's strange. Um, here are some of the spells that they have gained, though. So they have gained uh, alter self, uh, blur, enlarge, reduce. Uh, fly, mass healing word, haste, um, arcane eye, disintegrate, simulacrum, time stop. You know, th- so there is a trade-off. I do believe that they have lost more spells than they have gained yeah. through this. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, uh, unfortunately. Um, so. Yeah, we'll not we'll not dwell too much on on that because we've already talked about spells. But yes, I I find that bizarre. Uh, second level uh, expertise. You gain expertise in two of your skills uh, that you choose. Pretty pretty classic. Yeah. Um. Previously, um, you would get jack of all trades at this level. Which is where oh. you add half your proficiency bonus, round it down to any ability check that doesn't already include your proficiency. So it makes you better at everything that you're not great at. Oh, that was here. That has been moved to fifth level. Mm. That makes a bit more sense to me. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Yeah, it feels a bit. OTT for level 2. I can definitely see where that would come from. However, because it is a rounding down, uh, it's half your proficiency bonus rounded down, the difference there is at, when you get that at level 2, you get plus 1 to all of that stuff. When you get at level 5, you still get plus 1. Because it's your proficiency bonus at that point is plus three. So you still get the same bonus when you get the ability. Mm. You just have to wait four levels to get it. Mm. Which I don't think feels great considering it's such a minor boost at that point. Now, that being said, the most that that ability will boost a score by is plus three because it's half your proficiency bonus, not only ever goes up to plus six, short of, you know, magic items and other shenanigans. Uh, I, I think it's a strange change. Um, I, I, I don't know how generally people will feel about that. It's unnecessary. There is a new thing at second level though, instead of Jack of All Trades being at this level, called Songs of Restoration. Basically, you gain healing spells. Uh, <laughs> so they don't count against the spells that you uh, have prepared. So what we were talking about before, where you're now limited on the number of spells you can prepare per level. Um, these don't count towards it. So 
healing word, which I think most bards probably took anyway, I know I certainly did, you can have that without it counting as a first level spell. So you can essentially prepare an extra first level spell. So the spells that you get from that, uh, up to 10th level, are Healing Word, Lesser Restoration, Mass Healing Word, Freedom of Movement, and Greater Restoration. Much more support based than anything else. Yeah. It, this new class structure just feels like they're trying to pigeonhole guards into something. I, I was going to say, it feels... I know that they've they've said on the description of it being experts is that these are classes that can do things that other classes can do. But I feel like this is very much... You're a healer. You heal things. Yeah. Which is always kind of what they've stayed away from with things like Cleric and Druid. Because, sure, there is a life, there's life Cleric and plenty of Clerics are good at healing. But you also have, like six different clerics divide, uh, dedicated to different ways to make a war, you know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think it's I think it's strange. Like, having extra spells is almost never a bad thing. Yeah. Off the bat, you know, it's not a bad feature. I think it's how the design of it indicates yeah. a less broad set of skills. Yeah. Which is strange for an expertise-based uh, class. I feel like the only thing that... The core class should never do this kind of thing. Where they're saying, this is what you do, this is your role. That's I feel like that's what the subclasses are for. <laughs> um, so, at third level, you get your bard subclass. That is the same. So we'll be talking about College of Law. Um, but we'll go through the base class, and then we'll go through the subclass. At fourth level... Feet. You gain the ability score improvement feat or another feat of your choice. That is the same as it's always been, basically, uh, you know, with the feat stuff that we talked about earlier. Fifth level, Jack of all trades. We've already discussed that. Um, however, there is a slight change to Jack of all trades. It's, I think it's basically a clarification of the language where basically Jack of all trades previously was doing something that they didn't intend for it to do, but they didn't feel strongly about it enough to issue an errata. Previously, Jack of all trades adds half of your proficiency bonus to any ability check you make that doesn't use your skill proficiency. This, the way that this is worded, I think, means that you cannot add this to initiative, for example. It has to be a ability check you make that uses a skill proficiency, as it says there, that you lack. Yep, sure. A bit initiative and things like counter spell or dispel magic, those checks don't use a skill. Yep. So that's fair. Jack of all trades no longer applies to them, which I think is fair. Yep. Shame, but you know, whatever. Uh, sixth level, you get a subclass feature. Uh, seventh level, font of bardic inspiration. You now regain all your expended uses of bardic inspiration when you finish a short rest or a long rest. That has been moved from fifth level to seventh level. Why? <laughs> just, just why? <laughs> so at this point, so at sixth level, before you get this, you have three uses of Bardic Inspiration a day, and at seventh level, you get three uses a short rest. Whereas before, it was likely four uses, and then at eighth level, it likely would have been five uses, and you would have been kept out. 
So low-level bards are ass now? Yes, kind of. <laughs> um, like, like you were saying earlier, you've not really done a campaign with a bard. Um, I've seen quite a I know, few, I, though. And yeah, at low-level right now, they're quite nice to have in a party. Yeah, I, I've played a bard. I never felt weak as a bard or not useful to the party as a bard at low levels. I think pushing now. these features, I think, would make it seem like I had less to contribute because, mechanically, because you kind of do have less to contribute because you don't have access to it. Yep. Uh, and there, core there is an addition is just being nerfed to all hell. Uh, there is an additional part of uh, font of Bardic Inspiration, though. Uh, in addition, if a creature rolls your Bardic Inspiration die and gets a 1 after any rerolls you might have, that use of Bardic Inspiration isn't expended. So that isn't a small thing. So, the, you have a chance to retain that Bardic Inspiration, um, even, if, even if that 1 helps them succeed, and they, they then meet whatever it is that you were trying to help them with. It just it isn't expended. Mm. the The problem with this is your bardic inspiration die gets larger as you level up, so it becomes Making less effective. Less less the more, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's a weird one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like it should at uh, least, in, at the higher levels, go up to a one or a two either one word yeah um eighth level you get a feat uh it's the same ninth level you gain two more expertise in skill proficiencies of your choice mm -hmm. sure whatever uh tenth level subclass feature now this is different previously at tenth level instead of a subclass feature you would gain magical secrets so you gain so bards now get an extra subclass feature because previously they had one less because of magical secrets. Sure. Okay. So they're getting more stuff in general. Sure. Magical secrets is now at eleventh level. So previously, what this was is this was also another kind of iconic bard uh, function. I do where... what I want. Function. Yeah. So you would basically learn any two spells from any spell list, regardless of whatever, as long as they were of a level that you could cast. You could just learn any two spells. So let's say you're a bard who really wants to cast Fireball. Boom, 10th level. You can learn Fireball. You now have Fireball. Congratulations. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. However, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so this this one I think is not so cut and dry as some of the other stuff. Mm. So we were saying previously about we uh, we can see the, the uses for the three lists, right? Yep. So this is basically, you choose one of those lists. So you just pick pick one, and then every morning, because you are now a prepared caster, you can just pick two spells from that list, any two spells. And you, so you can change your magical secrets every single day, whereas before, you just couldn't change them mm -hmm. at all, ever. Yeah. How do we feel about that? That is fine. The part... <clears throat> the part at the end where it says the spells must otherwise follow the rules of your bard casting or bard spell casting feature, not fine. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to get to that. So they still have to be uh, 
And those skulls, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, whenever you prepare spells for uh, this class, up to two of the spells you prepare can be from the chosen list. and Oh, no, sorry. And from any school of magic. Oh, the prepared oh. spells otherwise. So it is still just oh. any two spells from those lists. Okay. Yeah, sure, fine. I think that corrects yeah, some I of think the that, imbalance. I think that's a decent change from... Like, I don't mind that being a level later for being able to change them. Yeah, and getting an extra subclass like, feature. Yeah, like again, Paddy, you've said before about how useful it would have been for you to be able to swap out spells mm. just as a sorcerer. So how, how would you feel about the ability to just swap swap two spells for just any two spells in the game? Yeah, I think I'd like that. My thinking is because we, we discussed a little bit about um, it now being a faster process with the the limitations on how many spells you can prepare. This kind of blows that wide open again of like, okay, most of your spells you are limited. However, two of them can be any spell from this list. I do think it's interesting. It's worth pointing out. So this, you later on you will get further magical secrets. So, so after this, you get a feat, and then another subclass feature, and then at level 15, further magical secrets. You then choose a spell list that you didn't choose before, and it's the same thing. Uh, you, you learn two spells, and you can swap them out around that list. Any spell school. What's interesting to me about this is there are three spell schools. You draw from, initially, the arcane spell school, but you have limitations on it. So you could choose arcane and then have access to two spells of any spell school on that but at any point you are going to be giving things up because there are only two sets of magical secrets and three spell lists mm -hmm. what do we think about that as some someone that's supposed to be an expert i i don't know how i feel about it I don't know, Bards, for me, have always been this jack-of-all-trades kind of role, where mm. they can just kind of, they can dip a little bit into everything. So, I, I don't know. As far as expertise, it feels like their expertise is in being able to try anything and be pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it makes sense to me. What do you think, Purdy? Do you agree with this kind of, like, limited access to all the spell lists, or do you think they should have more access than than what this is. I don't know. That's also a fair answer. Like, any, anyone listening to this, again, we're not the experts. We're just people who play D&D a lot. Like, yeah. It's kind of funny that... It's kind of funny that they started with the expert list, which are some of the harder classes to play. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, I will say, I think they, I think they messed up by yeah. going with expert first. This should have went the other way I, around. Warriors are easier yeah, to it, understand. <laughs> Yeah, they in this they have given us a full caster, a half caster, and a non-casting marshal. Yeah. So it gives us an idea of the kind of directions that they're looking at. But I think this maybe could have been best served by going last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh well. So, sixteenth uh, level, you get another feat. Eighteenth level, superior bardic inspiration. When you roll initiative, you regain two expended uses of your bardic inspiration. Now here is where we encounter some uh, what we call global changes. This appears to be changes for all of the classes, not just these. 
20th level features. Previously, you reached the peak of the game. You are the best fucking bard, paladin, whatever in the world. You've reached 20th level. You get your 20th level ability. Those have all been moved to 18th level. And you get something else at 20th level. Uh, I will say this is a slight improvement because previously it was just you regaining one use of Bardic Inspiration. But, I Which mean, is a real shitty 20th level. 20th level. <laughs> yeah. But even at 18th level, regaining two expended uses of your Bardic Inspiration uh, on initiative, I mean. Yeah. I, if, I feel like you, they should just get them all back at that level. Yeah. Because <laughs> at that level, you're probably spending them all very quickly. Yeah, because you've got you 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 have six at that point. Uh, I mean, a combat at eighteenth level. Admit, I feel like if that's not lasting like less than three rounds, then it's lasting for like twelve rounds. Yep. You know, nineteenth level, you get a feat, and twentieth level. This is where we're going to circle back to feats a little bit. You gain an epic boon. Yeah. Have either of you come across epic boons before? Because I would wager a bet that most D&D players have never heard of them. Uh, not outside of this one D&D stuff, no. No. So epic boons are a optional rule in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Oh! Where it's oh, basically... I didn't know they exist already. Yeah. So they're basically what you get once you reach 20th level instead of leveling up. So it's like you are your fucking like legend level hero. You are 20th level. You cannot level up anymore under the mechanics of the game. But you are still progressing and getting more powerful. So you gain essentially awesome feats. Yeah. So Very we're going to quickly feats. go to the epic level stuff. So the epic boons. Uh, that is on page 18. If I have it That's down. Start. Thank you very much. <laughs> so if you want to head to page 18 for me, if you're not already there. So these are all packaged in with all the feats. They're not listed separately because yep. they do it alphabetically. It's a nightmare. Which is rubbish. So we're just going to divert from the classes a little bit to epic boons because this is now the capstone ability, the 20th level ability of all the classes. Very cool. So these should all be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but the first one, Epic Boon of Combat Prowess. Three requisite, expert or warrior group. So we're still seeing limitations on who can take what. Yeah. When you miss with a melee attack, you can use uh, you can hit instead. Once you use this benefit, you can't use it again until you roll initiative. Once per turn, you can guaranteed hit a melee attack. That's pretty cool. Definitely like useful. Is it 20th level useful? Uh, uh, who knows? Um, the second one, Epic Boon of Dimensional Travel, Expert or Mage Group. You can cast Misty Spell once. Oh, sorry, Misty Step once rest, once per rest. Yeah. That's rubbish. That's an Eldritch uh, Adept. <laughs> that's an Eldritch Adept thing. Yeah. But you can, yeah. That's, that's fucking rubbish. Uh, Epic Boon of Energy Resistance, Expert or Mage. You gain resistance to a damage type. Whenever you finish a rest, you can change it. Pretty good. That, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Being able to change it, especially. Mm -hmm. uh, Epic Boon of Fortitude. No prerequisites. Anyone can take this. Your hit point max increases by 40. That's quite a lot. Yes, that's quite good. In addition, <laughs> whenever you gain hit points, you regain additional hit points equal to your con mod. Once per round. 
that's yeah. yeah decent that's good very good healing one uh epic boon of irresistible defense expert or warrior group the damage you deal always ignores resistance incredibly fucking, good fucking godly level ability incredibly good <laughs> like how many times did you like purdy you were fond of witch bolt right as elsie yeah. how many times did it come across that they were resistant to lightning not that often but when it did it was always like oh fuck yeah so this this isn't even like so this says expert or warrior group so mages don't don't get this right yeah which is odd but okay this isn't any kind of um like i i don't think there is a limitation right no it just says the damage you deal it can be from any source as long as you were you could have a, a poison dagger a sun sword a whatever but also, I don't know, and this this is down to this could be in here, and I wouldn't know. Multiclassing. If you start as one thing, are you always that thing? Like if I start as an expert and multiclass into a mage, can I still take this? Probably. Like if I am, I take rogue one level and then nineteen levels of wizard. Can I take this and all? Oh, actually, no. no? It's a twentieth level class feature oh you would have to take 20 levels in one class there we go that mm. answers that question uh mm. we'll have to see if that is a question that becomes relevant for other feats uh epic boon of luck immediately after you roll a d20 you can roll a 10 and add the number to the test once arrested or once an initiative Until you roll initiative, finish a short rest or a long rest. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, Epic Boon of the Night Spirit. While within dim light or darkness, you can become invisible as an action. Uh, you stay invisible until you take an action or a reaction. Eh. Now that is very think... similar to, to a Warlock Invocation, which makes me think that that Warlock Invocation is it's not going to be around anymore. Yeah. Um, I also think I also it's think not it's interesting. level worthy, I don't think. No, I don't. I do think it's interesting, though. So this says you start it when you're in dim light or darkness, and you remain that way until you take an action or a reaction. So you can leave that so dim does light that or mean, darkness. Yeah. So does that mean, let's say, um, the three of us are playing, we take a rest, and <laughs> Purdy... Yeah, and Purdy, our 20th level rogue, is taking a watch, decides to be invisible, because they can. Uh, And then the daytime rises, and we can't see Purdy because she's still (laughs) invisible. She just, she hasn't moved, she hasn't used an action or a reaction. She might might even have gone to sleep. And we've just got an invisible sleeping Purdy (laughs) that we just can't find. That's (laughs) very funny. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Epic Boon of Peerless Aim, Expert or Warrior, you make a ranged attack, yeah. uh, and if you miss, you can make it hit instead. Yeah. Once in an Very good. Very good. Uh, Epic Boon of Recovery, anyone can take this. You can use a bonus action to regain a number of hit points equal to half your hit maximum. Once you use this benefit, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. In addition, you succeed on every death saving throw roll that isn't a natural one. It's so good. You'll be you're beyond a god at that point. Yeah. You're almost impossible to kill. Yeah. Uh, 
Like, <laughs> so th this one and the next one, okay? Epic boon of skill proficiency. You gain proficiency in all in all skills. Plus six to all skills. What's the point? <laughs> like, those two to me are 20th level abilities. The yeah. thing of you can turn one miss into one hit, I think is not great. No, I mean... Proficiency in all skills, great. Succeed on all death saving throws that aren't natural ones, fantastic. For the ones where you can just choose to succeed, I feel like those should be, you get three of those at least, so then it's like you're a legendary creature. You, you're yeah. almost the equivalent of that. But, yeah. The boon of recovery and just being proficient in everything's yeah. very funny. There's three more, one of which is uh, gain 30 foot of movement speed, yeah. one of which is you can't be seen or heard while you're hidden. Uh, and the other one is, as a bonus action, you can disengage, which also ends being grappled or restrained. Yeah, nah. You, beco you become who you become Houdini at twentieth level. Yep. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so that is now. You can you basically pick any of those. Yeah. You're not uh, that you're eligible for, I should say. I will say, if your first thing isn't Epic Moon of Recovery... Yeah, of course. What, what, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can do it. Just... Yeah. Oh, it's insane. So, yeah, that's that's what that is. <laughs> so, let's talk College of Law. Um, well, sorry, wait, Purdy, this... do you have any thoughts on those episodes? Oh, sorry, yes. I am starting to get very overwhelmed with all this information. Okay, that's, that's fair. Is, is there anything that we can be doing to help? No. Okay. Well, just let me know if you want us to stop or we can call it or whatever. I okay. think with Bard, I'm struggling because I've never played Bard. And they're very interested in Bard. Yeah. Okay. Maybe when we get into Ranger and Rogue, I'll be a lot more oh, into it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, this won't take long to go over. Um, they're mostly the, the same, aren't they, as far as class features? Well, I was going to say, then, there's kind of two big differences. Um, and they're both dog shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this won't take long. Essentially, Colle College of Law is one of the more iconic bard subclasses. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the one that I played when I played the bard. That's so the Scanlan I, I one, I'm pretty sure. Or was he yes, eloquent? I, I fully said to these two, I'm probably biased when it comes to law bards. Though he was College of Law. Okay. Eloquence wasn't out when uh, they were starting. Mm. So, essentially, third level, you gain skill proficiency in Arcana, History, or Nature. If you already have one of those, pick a different one. Uh, I really dislike that they're dictating which skills it is. I think if those were recommended skills, that would be fine, because they're all kind of knowledge-based. But I don't think it should be dictated that that's what they are. I think yeah. that sucks. Third level, this is how the Law Bard uses inspiration in a different way, which is something all bard subclasses do. Um, when a creature that you can see within 60 feet of yourself succeeds on an ability check or an attack roll, use your reaction to expend one of your bardic inspiration, you roll it and you subtract the roll, you subtract that from the creature's roll, so turning their attack into a miss, for example. Previously, you could use that on damage as well. Mm. So you could choose, so for example, uh, Rowan's character attacks me. I can choose whether or not to reduce their roll to try and turn it into a miss. I choose not to do that. 
They hit me for three damage. I could then cutting words to reduce that damage that I took, potentially to nothing. That's not there anymore. It's only to reduce the roll of an ability check or an attack roll. So if you are targeted by a spell that requires you to make a saving throw, sorry, pal. Uh, Just yeah. get hit, forehead. Yeah. Uh, sixth level. Um, when a creature rolls your bardic inspiration die, they get advantage on that die. That's fine. That's the new one. Sure. But I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. What I will say it does is it makes that higher level ability where if they get a one, it's uh, more useless. not expended, even more useless. Your, chance, your chances of that happening at high levels are nothing, basically. Um, improved cutting words. Whenever you use cutting words feature on a creature, you deal psychic damage equal to the number you rolled on your bardic inspiration plus your charisma modifier. Okay. So at 10th level, that's probably not much. Five plus something. Not much, and you can only do it when your bardic inspiration is rolled. On an enemy. Uh, as cutting words, so you're, that's something that's only damage to an enemy. Not a lot of damage. Whatever. Uh, 14th level, when you make an ability check and fail, you can basically inspire yourself. If the check still fails, it's not expended. Yeah, that's funky. That's similar similar to how it was. They're doing yeah. bards dirty. Yeah. Now, there is a conspicuous absence, and this is the last thing about College of Law. Famously, College of Law at, I want to say, 6th level, got an early magical secret. Oh. That is not there. Mm. You only get your worst version of cutting words. Your bardic inspiration is slightly improved in, in that people have advantage on it. It's even more very slightly improved by it does damage to enemies when you use this worst version of cutting words. And then you can inspire yourself and sometimes it won't be an expended use. Yeah. That's, uh... I have very strong feelings about it. It upsets me a lot. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks a lot. Yep. Okay. Enough said about that. Hate that. Leave the garbage in the garbage heap. Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> Pretty soon back so, in. Ranger. Yeah, Ranger has had a little bit of a contentious history. Uh, would you guys agree? Oh yes. So I when the Ranger, know. so when the Ranger was released as part of the uh, player's handbook. Uh, there was a general feeling that it was uh, weaker than other classes from its abilities and the things that it was able to do. As part of the Unearthed Arcana, which is playtest material that Wizards releases, they released a new version of the Ranger, um, which some people liked, some people didn't, but was generally a bit stronger. Years later, when they were playtesting the stuff that was going to be in Tasha's um, for optional class features, they released another, again, different version of the Ranger, which a lot of people really liked, uh, but was maybe a bit too strong. And then it was toned down and some of those features were removed entirely with what was published in Tasha's. So there's been a few different versions of Ranger. So a lot of the stuff is still the same with the basics of um, you have a D10 for your hit dice, etc. 
proficiencies, saving throws, all of that stuff's basically the same. Uh, light armor, medium armor, shields, etc. All the same. So, let's have a look at the features. First level, expertise in two skills. Straight away. Expertise. Brilliant. Great. At the moment, with an optional class feature in Tasha's, you get one. That's it. So, so straight away, the ranger is much more of an expert than it was previously. You also have favoured enemy. So, uh, did, was it both of you have played ranger? So, do you remember what either favoured foe or like preferred enemy is? Then what we chose or what it actually means? Uh, as it, as in what it what it does, well, and what you chose, if you remember. Well, isn't it like um, you get some form of advantage on the something or you know it, more about them. it basically yeah you, you pick like a creature type uh or if yeah. it's human if it's humanoids you pick like two races like orcs or humans uh and you have advantage on like tracking them you know more about them uh and i think you get a slight damage bonus uh to hurt them no, this no is different I'm looking at it now. A damage bonus? I chose... Well, I didn't choose because this was the one where Alex built the characters for us and we had to figure out who we were. Um, but they were... <laughs> um, their favorite enemy was beasts. There you go. So this is now very much a... You pick something, sure, but it's individually per combat. You always have the Hunter's Mark spell prepared. It doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare, and you don't have to concentrate on it. Wow. Okay. Wow. You select someone, you select someone as a bonus action, and until you are incapacitated or choose someone else, um, you do an extra d6 damage every time you hit them. Yeah. And you have like advantage on finding them and knowing, and you always know what direction they're in. Hell yeah. It's like the most iconic ranger spell. You just get it, and it's almost resourceless. Just as a bonus action. They get guide. Sorry, I'm reading ahead. <laughs> so, uh, yes, spellcasting. Uh, as be as before, except now instead of learned, they are prepared spellcasters. Uh, so, but there is a change here in that they do, along with presumably paladins. They do get cantrips, which previously it was a fighting style uh, option in Tasha's. Mm -hmm. So good, I guess. Um, second level, you get a fighting style. However, if you take a look here, it says you gain one of the following fighting style feats of your choice: archery, defense, or two-weapon fighting. So this gives us a little sneak peek into what is going to be on like the warrior class. Are they just going to get to choose a bunch of fighting style feats? Like the Battlemaster has? Like maneuvers? Who knows? Not us. Uh, so, th those fighting styles work very similarly to how they did uh, previously. We don't need to take a massive look into them. Uh, third level, you get a subclass. Same as it was before. Uh, we'll be looking at the Hunter. Fourth level, you get a feat. Exactly the same as it was before. Fifth level, you get another attack. That's the same. Sixth level, subclass feature, that's the same. Seventh level, here we have roving. 
Your speed increases by 10 feet when you're not wearing heavy armor, which you don't naturally have proficiency in anyway. And you also gain a climb speed and a swim speed equal to your speed. So if, if you're not flying, you can still move about quickly. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, it's not a flashy ability, but I think it's undeniably a useful ability. Yep. Like swim speed, let's be honest, doesn't come up all that often. Climb speed does. Yep. Uh, eighth level, it's a feat. Ninth level, you gain two more expertise. Brilliant. Tenth level, subclass feature. Eleventh level, here is something that will kind of play into something again that we talked about earlier. So, temporary hit points, whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can give yourself a number of temporary hit points equal to a d8 plus your proficiency bonus. That is kind of like that Barkskin spell, but on a much longer time scale. Doesn't hurt to start your day with temporary hit points. And then the second part is, if you are exhausted when you finish a short rest, your level of exhaustion decreases by one. Everyone else has to wait on a long rest. So what we were talking about earlier with the 10 different levels, mm -hmm. you can push yourself far harder than any of the other classes can. Which now, I think... It, Sorry, how did that work with a long rest? Do you then lose two levels of exhaustion on a long rest? I believe it would still be that you just lose one. Mm. Interesting. Um, but, I mean, um, that could well change. I think that would be a, a fine change yeah, to make. Because then what if the ranger was just like, instead of a long rest, I'm going to take four short rests in this time. Well, then you might impose a larger exhaustion penalty for them not having taken a long rest. Yeah. If, and that might go up, increase. So if everyone else is taking a long rest and you're, you're like, I'll do all the watches, I'll stay up for like a week in a row, I would increase that penalty more each night so that eventually they just are not able to recover it straight away. Mm. Like, cause if you were to try and stay awake for like two weeks in a row, you would just die. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be the same thing here. Just, you, you would have to find a way to force them to rest at some point if they didn't want to die. Which I think is fine. Sure. Um, 12th level is a feat. 13th level, Nature's Veil, uh, as a bonus action, and at the cost of a spell slot, hmm. you become invisible until the end of your next turn. Oh, That is no. very different. The original Player's Handbook thing just has a thing of uh, you have like advantage to hide or something, or you can spend like 10 minutes to become invisible yeah, you can if you are on your favorite terrain or whatever. Uh, I think this would be... Slot? Yeah, I think this would be fine if you didn't have to spend a spell slot. Yeah. That's just real shitty invisibility. Um, at level 13. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 14th level, subclass feature. 15th level, blind sight with a range of 30 feet. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never have to worry about invisible enemies within 30 feet again. Doesn't matter yep. if you're blinded. You, you, well, you, you effectively can't be blinded. 
Uh, the stark difference in hindsight. quality of the 13th and 6th or 15th level <laughs> abilities is insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, 16th level feat, you gain the ability to call improvement feat or another feat. 18th level foe slayer, your hunter's mark, so this previously, remember, was the 20th level ability. Your hunter's mark now deals an extra d10 rather than d6. Now, doing the maths on that, which is almost the only maths we'll be doing today, that's only an extra two damage yeah. uh, per hit. Is that worth it? I would say no. Other people might reasonably say yes. I guess it depends on how many attacks you're making. Uh, I, I, I would have preferred something more than just an extra two damage. Yeah. Two or three d6 is what I'd think. Yeah. Because, again, take the example that Petty gave earlier of fighting Starkrum. Um, he's a big fucking ancient red dragon. Is two damage, which if you're if you're even hitting both attacks, is four damage averaged out. No. Does that make a difference? No. Uh, and then twentieth level, you get uh, epic boom. So. As you both played Ranger, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's overall better for the Ranger. Betty? Not sure. I think that's fair. I, I think the Pretty removal <laughs> of any kind of... <laughs> I think the removal of any kind of favoured terrain thing is not super flavorful for the ranger kind of like idea, mm. but I think it is good for the class because it's a lot of faff and, you know, if you just aren't on your favorite terrain, which you might not be ever, then it was useless anyway. So that, that I'm not, I'm not too concerned about them removing from the ranger because I don't think it was really doing anything. Uh, Something else that is gone is um, uh, there was an optional class feature for mo uh, moving through non-magical difficult terrain, costs you no extra movement. That isn't there. Um, yeah, primeval awareness, uh, which was around kind of some like initially that was around knowing what was in the terrain around you. That's not there. Uh, primal awareness, I think, was the optional one where you basically gain spells. That's not there, but your spell casting is now much more uh, varied than it was, so I think that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't think that there's very much that they've taken away. I, I think they have gained much more. Yeah, than they've lost. Absolutely. Well, I only want them to relook at that thirteenth level thing. That's yeah. real dumb. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is so, just like a flat upgrade. Let's talk Hunter. Um, do you know which subclasses you guys played before as Rangers? Uh, I think mine was a Hunter. Don't know. What did you say, Penny? I said mine was Hunter. Hunter? Okay. Mine was a Hunter as well. Okay, cool. So, as you guys may well remember, the Hunter subclass was one where at various levels, you got a lot of choice. So you chose between three or two or three different abilities at 
various levels uh, so you could kind of make it the way that you want it. Uh, that's fucking gone. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that is not there anymore. Yep. They have made the, like, I say, like with other subclasses, they have kind of made the choice for you. Um, so it's not maybe all that different, but it, I think they've taken a lot away from this. So third level, when you hit a creature with a weapon or an unarmed strike, um, you deal an extra D8 damage, uh, if they're missing any hit points once a turn. So that was one of the options that you could have chosen. It's now built in. They've made the choice for you. I think that's the one I had anyway. I think, I think it was the best out, out of those options. Uh, Oh no, I had Horde Breaker okay. instead. So that was one I believe that where well, you could attack the one next to someone as well, do a bit of damage to them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that is gone. Sorry if you liked it. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah. So this like this isn't a bad feature. Uh but I don't think people are too happy about not having the choice between the features. Uh sixth level. Um, while a creature is marked by your hunter's mark, uh, you know whether they have any immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities. Um, if they have any, you know what they are. That's helpful. That's very helpful. Yeah. That I think is fine. Let's be honest, vulnerability does not come up very often, uh, in yeah. the game as it stands at the moment. Yeah. It might come up more with whenever they release the playtest. It should monsters. show up more. It's a fun mechanic when it's when it's there. Yeah. You try to figure out what something's weak against. It's a good one. Um, but knowing something's resistances and immunities can be super helpful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to new players who can't metagame it because they don't know it. So yeah. for example, uh, I know having played Descent into Avernus that devils are immune to fire. As a new player, they might not know that, but it gives me a reason to know it as an experienced player if I, you know, doing this, which I think is good. Uh, tenth level, multi-attack. You now always have the Conjure Barrage spell prepared. It doesn't count against the number that you can know. Uh, you can also, this is a new thing, you can downcast it. So rather than the thing of, you know, if you cast this with a higher spell slot, this is if you cast it with a lower spell slot, the damage is reduced. I guess in this case is one of the few that it, it would be helpful to downcast a spell since it's switch, it's it's just like an area of effect thing rather than a single target, right? Yeah. So. Yes. However, here is the difference. So this previously was an option between two things: a melee multi-attack or a ranged multi-attack, where you basically picked an area and you made an attack against all the people in that area. This is instead casting a spell. So if you are not a spellcasting focused ranger, your like to hit and everything is not going to be as good. Yeah, uh, I, I was only at eighth level, so I didn't. I never saw this. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't particularly like this. Let me find the exact um the exact one. Hunter. Uh, multi attack at eleventh level. So volley, you use your action to make a ranged attack against any number of creatures within 10 feet of a point you can see within your weapon's range. And you're making a separate attack roll for each of them. But there's the key difference. It's an attack roll. Conjure, volley or whatever it is, is a saving throw, I think. Yeah. Or whirlwind attack. You can use your action to make a melee attack against any number of creatures within 5 feet of you. 
with a separate attack roll for each. Mm. Yeah. Which is much better. Yeah. Why they take uh, this away? And then, and then the last one is when you are hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to half the attack's damage against yourself, and you can redirect the other half of the damage to one creature that isn't you or the attacker within five feet of yourself. Mm. Now that, while it takes a reaction, is not limited in the number of times you can do it. Okay. So that, I think, has its use. Yeah, I don't know if it's a 14th level use, but it's good. Yeah, I, I think as long as you are aware of your kind of positioning with it, I think that that's fine, um, because let's say you know, a giant hits you with their club or whatever, and you're stood next to a minion of theirs, then every turn, although it is for only one attack roll, you can just be like, oh, 20 damage to you, or yeah. whatever. But also at the so, same time, I... the rogue can avoid damage like that with uncanny dodge level 5. <laughs> yeah, the redirecting is thing is definitely helpful, but I don't know. It, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So thoughts, thoughts on the ranger then? Overall, better. Mm -hmm. you agree, Petty? From what I've been able to digest, yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think it's better. Maybe not in the way that anyone would have expected, yeah. and maybe not even that much better. Yeah, but I do think better. Uh, overall, I, I'm not sure that I think that the hunter is better. I think it's about the same. Yeah, um, I like the options. The options are good. Yeah. So we come now finally to our last class, the, rogue. the one that I think is going to interest you two the most. The rogue. So you guys have either of you played a rogue before your current first level characters? So, this is still Dex is your main uh, ability score. Yes. Uh, you still get sneak attack. Yes. Woohoo. Well, well, we'll come to sneak attack. Uh... <laughs> oh no. So, a bunch of stuff is still the same or only slightly different with uh, like your skill proficiencies, etc. Dice, dice are all the same. Light armor to start with, etc. Multiclassing, still the same. Sneak attack. So, this is different. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it's like three paragraphs. It essentially works exactly the same way as it always used to, with one big difference. Currently, if you sneak attack on a reaction, so if someone moves away for an op and you get an opportunity attack on them, you use your reaction, and you meet all the criteria, you can sneak attack on them. With this proposed change, you do not get sneak attack. It must be on your turn. Which also means, if you hold an action to attack, if someone moves into your range, and they move into your, your range on their turn, you do not get sneak attack. For anyone not watching right now, I, I'm seeing two very crumpled up frowny Grumpy faces. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't like that. I'm gonna have to homebrew no, that. No that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's real lit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a with a reaction to like like an attack of opportunity thing. Okay, fine, that makes sense. But with like a held action, that makes zero sense. Because if you're taking more time and waiting, certainly that would help your case. Yeah. Well, I mean, sneak attack has always been poorly named. You have never needed to be like unseen. Yeah. for yeah. it to work and that's like the thing but if someone is trying to move past you and you can quickly get in a thing as they're on their way that to me is sneaky and like you say if you're holding an action and preparing for them to turn a corner and take them by surprise that's that sneaky. sneaky yeah uh, or I, yeah I, I think it's a really weird change I, I, don't, I don't think anyone understands why they've done it I think there is this kind of perception that rogues do a lot of damage generally yeah. uh because of sneak attack and they don't they just do all their damage at once yeah, yeah. uh so it it seems like they get a big number when they get sneak attack but first of all they have to get sneak attack which doesn't always happen and secondly it's just all it's just all at once you know we are getting more hit... sneak attack damage though with this with this mm -hmm. change twice as many oh, really? like, yeah you're getting another dice per level Rather than no, the sneak attack dice are the same. Oh, half your uh, half. Oh, don't get me excited like that. Sorry, I didn't yeah. see the half. If, if, if they had increased the uh, if they'd increased the damage, I think sure. Yeah, but no, the sneak attack is, dice is exactly the same. That's so you're up. only losing damage on this. That's so fucked you up. You don't gain anything from it. Uh, so, uh, rogues are, uh, if this goes through, are not as expert, uh, as they used to be. <laughs> um, it's not going through, because I'm not allowing it. Well, We're there is a survey open. This. Make sure you submit all your feedback. The survey can suck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, throw the hell level. out of the whole damn game if I have to. Uh, also at first level, you learn Thieves Can't and another language. So fun. So fun. Uh, <laughs> second we, level. We do anyway. No, pretty much, yeah. Uh, second level, cunning action. As a bonus action, you can dash, disengage, or hide. I we've still already think covered. That should be a level one thing. Because I yeah, feel we, we've already right covered now. hide. Um, disengage is the same. Dash is probably the same. Uh, yeah. I think they've just changed a little bit of the wording on it, but it's it's the same. Uh, third level, subclass. Yeah. We will be covering the thief subclass today. Mm -hmm. Fourth level, you get a feat. Fifth level, uncanny dodge. When they hit you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to halve the attacks damage against you. Rounding down. That's the same. Yep. Sixth level, subclass feature. Seventh level, expertise, expertise in two skill proficiencies of your choice. Now, previously, rogues got expertise at i believe second level i'll just double check that expertise at first level was when they got it and yep. at sixth level no they have it at the first level in as well they do yeah am i missing it so the very top above it? sneak attack oh very first there you go yeah yeah so you do still get that uh but you don't get it at sixth level but at seventh level you get expertise at eighth level you get a feat and what was previously at 7th level is now at ninth level with Evasion. This is your 
I take no damage from dexterity saving throws feature. Th that's fair, honestly. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, it's quite a powerful feature. It's a very strong ability. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, people... Uh, that I, I, Yeah, I think people will complain about that, but it's like fair. you say, it is a powerful feature. Yeah. I don't know that I'm against it being a little bit later. Yeah. I will say, something that I've, uh, that I've noticed is very few if any abilities have been moved to be earlier a lot have been moved later but wizards of the coast does not make a lot of content for higher level gameplay yeah so i feel like there is a reason why classes get front loaded with their abilities it's because you want to play your kind of archetype and have your abilities so that your characters are differentiated and you have the things that you can do in the game yeah. but also those are the levels for which Wizards makes their fucking content. I was going to say at the end of this that it seems like a lot of these changes are suggesting more long-term games and people probably won't be starting at level 3 much anymore like they canonically do. It'll mm. probably be more 5, 6, or 7 since that seems to be where potentially. You, you get some character definition. Very potentially. Um, level 10, you get a feat. Uh, you also get a subclass feature at level 10. Sure. Uh, 11th level, Reliable Talent. This is, I believe, exactly the same. Yep. Uh, 12th level, you get feet. 13th level, Subtle Strikes. When you attack, you know how to exploit a, a target's distraction. You have advantage on any attack roll that targets a creature that is within 5 feet of one of your allies who isn't incapacitated. Basically, if you fulfill the conditions for your melee sneak attack, Oh, no, not even sneak attack. If you fulfill the conditions for sneak attack, you have advantage anyway. That's pretty cool. So you are more reliably hitting your sneak attack, in theory, at 13th level. But it's still on your turn uh, only. But also increasing the chances of that sweet, sweet nat 20, which will... Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I will say, this... Advantage is not on your turn only, just the sneak attack. That's this doesn't say anything about it being on your turn, it's just as when you attack. Hopefully they just fucked up the wording initially. Sneak attack. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, 14th level, subclass feature. 15th level, uh, this is slightly different. Previously it was just you gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws. Now you gain wisdom and charisma saving throw proficiency. Nice, okay. Can't hurt. Just better. Uh, 16th level, you get feet. 17th level, you are so evasive that attackers rarely gain the upper hand against you. No attack roll has advantage against you while you're not incapacitated. <laughs> That's silly. I like it. You cannot be attacked at advantage <laughs> uh, unless you're incapacitated. So you could be prone, you could be tightrope walking, anything. That, yes. 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 And then there, previously at 20th level, if you fail a d20, you can turn the roll into a 20 once a rest. Guaranteed, nat 20s, once a day. Oh. <laughs> That's now, silly. Now, what you got to remember is, silly. thankfully, they changed the crit rolls <laughs> back to how they were. Because if it had been with the crit rolls of the first playtest, that would have only doubled your weapon damage dice and not your sneak attack. 
Yeah. So, initial feelings about the rogue as a base class. I think while they're taking some, or they're fucking some stuff up, it seems like they're giving them a, a boost. What do you think, Purdy? The core class, at least. I think I'm just lost. <laughs> so, essentially, I, I I would disagree with you, Rowan. I, I think that they have dragged it down a hell of a long way. Oh. Essentially, the difference between this and the original Rogue is you get your abilities later and you sneak attack maybe half as much. To start, yeah. I, I'm just looking at it overall. I think, yeah, I, I just, I think that a, a lot, so much of Rogue is down to the, to the sneak attack. Uh, I think what they're doing, and hopefully, because there are some Rogue subclasses that are not awesome, like Mastermind is not great. Inquisitive is good in very specific cases. What I'm hoping they're doing is making the base class worse, because that seems to be what, what, what it is, and making the subclasses better maybe so the overall is better i think it just they seem so, to be doing exactly what they're doing with all of the classes and heavily weakening like the first five levels and then like everything fun is later on <laughs> so our last one and then we are all released uh so thief subclass so third level fast hands uh, you get more stuff you can do as a bonus action. You can take the search action as a bonus action. We covered that earlier. It sucks. Uh, sleight of hand as a bonus action. To pick a lock or disarm a trap with thieves tools or to pick a pocket. Why you would need to do that as a bonus action, I don't know. Very quickly, you know, shoot somebody with a hand crossbow and then just... Uh, third level, second story work. You gain a climb speed. And when you take the jump action, you can make a dex check instead of a strength check. I think it's exactly the same. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, sixth level. You have advantage on all dexterity checks as long as you aren't wearing medium or heavy armor. I mean, they boots of elven kind anyway? are not hard to pick up. No. Like, there are uncommon magic items that do that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not difficult to get. Uh... 10th level, use magic device. You can attune to an extra magic device. Sure. And That's when you good. use a magic item that expends charges on a roll of a six, on a T6, you don't expend a charge. Slightly better at using magic items. And you can use a spell scroll that has a first level spell. Uh, or cantrip, or can, cantrip. Or cantrip. Uh, you can try and do one that has a higher level, but you have to succeed on an arcana check and if you don't uh the scroll disintegrates and you lose it <laughs> uh, <laughs> and at 14th level you can take a second bonus action on your turn as long as it's a bonus action from cunning action so you can search twice you a limited amount of times a long rest uh and then so that's proficiency bonus times long rest but yes, so you could, you could do thirty foot dash as your movement speed, action dash thirty foot, bonus you go action very dash, bad. Foot, <laughs> second bonus action dash one hundred and twenty foot, or 
you can move 30 foot, search, study, and search. Or I think you could, thief... you could hide at the start of your turn with a bonus action attack, mm -hmm. revealing yourself if you hit, and then mm -hmm. hiding again. Yeah, with your 15 uh, DC. Yep, with your 15 DC I think as a rogue. This version of Thief sucks. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna bother going into what the original one was because it was so much better. It'll make me sad. It wasn't that much better. <laughs> <laughs> the original Thief isn't that great either. No, it's not. But even so, this is not good. Yeah. I don't like what they filmed with Rogue. Uh, as Two level one rogue players uh, who, let's pretend you haven't already chosen what subclasses you're going to take when we get to third level. Huh? Is this a, is this a subclass you would want to play? No. No. There we go. <laughs> There's your feedback, wizards. <laughs> no what? one wants to play this version of the thief. Why and you... I haven't even picked my <laughs> I mean, I've picked mine and it's homebrew and... Purdy's, I've, I've made like the first half of the subclass features for a homebrew for Purdy if she chooses to use homebrew? it. Homebrew? I thought you were setting up playing a soul knife. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh well. Conversation for another time. Um, okay, so no one wants to play Thief. College of Law sucks. Rangers are uh, maybe maybe better. Um, <laughs> general feeling then. This place is obviously playtest content. Almost none of this is official. Very few bits of it have already been implemented in the last few publications. How do we feel in terms of moving forwards? Are you looking forward to the next bit of playtest material? Do you think all of it sounds terrible? Do you think all of it sounds great? Do you think they're going in the right idea, the wrong direction? What? what Ninety percent of it sounds shit. Yeah, overall <laughs> quite stinky. Yeah, I'm glad that we are all agreed on that. <laughs> I think I think it's great that they are releasing this so early, so that we get to give feedback. And I encourage anyone who takes a look at the con content to give their feedback. It's the only feedback that they're going to look at. If you put it on Reddit or Twitter, they aren't going to take that into consideration. Only the survey matters. Um, so I like that we get the chance to see it and have a say. Hopefully they actually look into it. Yeah. Um, if there is... If the other classes, when they're released, are the same kind of level of quality as these with the changes that are made i think wizard is going to have a serious problem on their hands with mm -hmm. the direction that the design is going in yeah no one's gonna uh, fucking buy into this at all <laughs> if, yeah. if they continue um, so yeah I, I i i don't know it it remains to be seen uh and we have kind of speculated on a lot of stuff today um as is i think natural when discussing this kind of thing mm-hmm where it goes from here, only wizards can can tell us. Hey, hey, wizards! How about you make um, the first few levels more interesting, please? Thank you. Yes, Every, everyone already hates playing at level one. Yeah. Don't don't then make them wait longer for their cool stuff. And if something already has options, don't take them away. 
Provide more yeah. options, also, not less. Also, please make make the group with Warlock in it the next group, because I really want to see what you're doing with that. <laughs> They're going to do that I'm last. More, I'm more invested in the Warlock stuff than I am in, in the other classes. Why would you be? You're not playing a Warlock right now. No, but I've, I, I've played a shitload of Warlock multi-classes. Fair. Fair. Fine. I, I'm just going to put this out there as my prediction. I think Eldritch Blast is going to be a class feature and not a uh, spell. It is not on the spell list, I don't think. It's not on any of the spell lists. Oh. I'm scared. There you go. I think right. we're going to murder Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say thank you very much, everyone, for listening, watching, participating. Uh, that's included to you two for both listening watching and participating um i've been joe you've been rowan you've been purdy uh no, i've been rowan they've been purdy what there you go uh <laughs> tune in next time when alex is back from his fishing trip uh tagging uh, pink bottlenosed dolphins in the amazon uh for um graffiti well there won't be there won't be a, anything next week and the week after is Terrace. So we'll see you again for Terrace. Oh. In that case, come back next time when uh, Rowan has finished their round trip to the Vatican to um, just move all of the statues by like 10 degrees. Actually, I'm not the one going anywhere. It's everywhere else. Everyone else has <laughs> shit to do and is abandoning me. So I'll sit here alone. And... <laughs> That's right, you've got your trip to the Vatican to, uh, to look forward to. Uh, right. Farewell. Awkward waves, I believe, Awkward is the phrase. Otherwise, Purdy doesn't waves. hear you or pay attention. Oh, wait, no. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like the ocean. Awkward waves. <laughs> no. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dicebreakers. Thank you to Dark Fantasy Studio and Nicholas Judy for the use of their music in the episode. And a big thanks to you for listening. If you prefer to see us live, don't forget to follow us on Twitch or Glimmish at Dicebreakers D&D. Or if you want to watch us at your own pace, consider subscribing to us on YouTube. Don't forget to come back next week to see what the characters get up to in the next part of this epic adventure. I'll see you then. <laughs>